The numbers say Michigan State won't have much of a shot this weekend, but if you know this rivalry, you know that Michigan-Michigan State is a lot more than that. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online is where you need to go for all of your sports gambling needs, whether it be all the lines, odds, or information that you need before the game gets going. Bet Online is where the game starts. We're going to talk lines with Matt Sheehan here from Locked On Spartans, joining us on the program in just a minute. But first, that one game in particular this weekend that you're most focused on, we need to get into, Matt. Spartans mm. and Wolverines. It is oh. a big one. And you yeah. have been, of course, all over it leading up to this week and really the entire season. It's, this is one of the ones everyone's always talking about. No doubt. Both teams have this one circled on their schedule. Michigan State, because, well, look, we, we need a reason to smile at some point this season, right? And what better time to do it than on the road against your rival? And Michigan, look, I think that saying the quiet part out loud is that. The... There were a good contingent of fans that was it 100% enjoyment. Uh oh, I, I don't think it was because they have talked about Michigan State a lot the last 12 months, even throughout this entire season, has just been nonstop Mel Tucker talk, Michigan State talk. So I think that there's some vengeance that is in that fan base that they're looking for. And look, you can look at it too with the demand of tickets for this game as well as Michigan has their 15th home game this season. Two weeks ago, top 10 matchup, undefeated matchup, Penn State versus Michigan. You can get the door, cheapest ticket, 70 bucks. Still good chunk of change, but for this game, cheapest ticket you can get is $180. These aren't people that are just going to be going to this game rooting against a team that's three and four. Oh no, they want to see blood. They want to see blood. And this comes from a place of bitterness, a place of hurt that Mel Tucker and the boys have delivered the last two years. Now, unfortunately, which we will get to in a second, could happen. They are not 23 point favorites by mistake. This is a good team. This is a struggling Michigan state team. So yes, they could smell the blood in the water, but will the shark pounce? I don't know. This is a wacky rivalry the last 15 years. Anything can happen at any given time. So I, we'll see on Saturday, I guess. How are you feeling with where Michigan State's at right now? I mean, we talked about it a week ago, but yeah. I don't know if you feel like you've learned anything since then. Look, I'm feeling as um, I'm feeling like a fan that's about to root for a team that is 23 point underdogs. You know, I'm not I'm not feeling all too great, but oddly enough, like just a twinge better than I was feeling before the Wisconsin game two weeks ago. We were riding a four game losing streak. I, oh, everything was not looking good whatsoever. But that Wisconsin game showed some glimmers of hope that we could have. Like Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman looked like the future Sunday receivers that we all thought they would be this year. We got Xavier Henderson and Jacob Slade back from the injury list. And while that doesn't patch everything up, it's not a perfect fix. It helped a little bit against Wisconsin. Now, with that said, was that because that they're really good and key players? Or is that because you know, Graham Mertz is kind of just Graham Mertz and likes to throw the ball all over the yard and doesn't really care which team catches it? I, Look, I, I am excited about what we saw from the defense two weeks ago, but I, I, I think there's a bigger sample size behind that as well that says, ugh, it's, it's not a perfect fix. Um, 
but man, it's still just a glimmer of hope. Nate, that's all we need. Just a glimmer of hope. And we got that two weeks ago. go. So yes, I went from 0% before the Wisconsin game to like seven, seven, seven percent, seven percent. So that's, that's, that's kind of how I feel. Long story short. So let's say you got a little bit of hope right now. Game gets started up on Saturday. What are you looking to see in those first few drives to get you thinking, all right, at least the things that need to happen are happening? Yeah. Yeah, for the Michigan State defensive side, uh, look, this is the epitome of easier said than done, but it is slowing down Michigan's run game. And I say that, you know, for a few obvious reasons. One is that okay, Michigan's run game is averaging like a scrillion yards per game, and they're getting the work done, whether it's their offensive line road grading teams or just the talented running backs doing their work. Number two reason I say slow the run game down, I don't have a lot of faith in MSU's pass defense slowing anything down. Uh, we've got plenty of sample size that suggests that that won't happen, not just this season, but also creeping into the last season as well. So look, you got to limit the damage they could do in the run game on defense, because I think personally that they're going to have at worst a good day through the air because that's what Michigan state secondary likes to give to other teams. Now on offense, it's a very obvious statement, but I think it's the correct statement is that you need your Sunday players to play like Sunday players. And it's the guys that just named Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman at wide out. Maybe even Daniel Barker in the tight end slot. Maybe Malik Carr, we can debate if he's a Sunday player at a later date. But you need your playmakers that are going to be playing on Sundays in the future to have, like, career days. Because, again, kind of like how I don't have faith in Michigan State's pass defense, I have that same amount of faith in Michigan State's run offense. It has been – yikes. <laughs> that's how it's been lately. So, yeah, you got to get it done through the air on offense. So that's – that's it right there. Stop them on the run, get it going in the air. That's, that's really it. And also make a field goal. My God, make a field goal just for once <laughs> in your lives. That's would it kill you. <laughs> so the big tens and all of football, it, we talk about quarterbacks more than anything. Peyton yeah. Thorne showed and was pretty good in that game against Wisconsin, but he's not mm -hmm. the name that you mentioned when you were going through all those guys who need to step up and do really well. Obviously, Thorne, Thorne can't have a bad game, but do you really right. think that this is a situation where the power around him and the talent around him can lead you to a win, even if he isn't being superstar Peyton Thorne? That's a glimmer of hope that we saw two weeks ago against Wisconsin because, yeah, enough to generate the win, but the first half, wasn't really stellar. The second half, it looked pretty good. But also, anytime you're running the throw a jump ball to Jaden Reed play or jump or throw a jump ball to one-on-one -on -one coverage with Keon Coleman, like that play's going to work most of the time. So yeah, if you can get those matchups, identify those matchups at the line of scrimmage, kind of like how Peyton Thorne did on the game-winning touchdown against Wisconsin, then awesome, great, fantastic. But yeah, oh man, it's uh, it's been an interesting season for Peyton Thorne, hasn't it? It's been up. And a lot of down, some up, but hey, you know, maybe he's due for a full game of up. That's, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. And it'll be on Saturday. Of yeah. course, we'll recap everything that happens over the course of the weekend with that game and every other around the Big Ten here on the yep. show. But first, we got to get into a little bit of a preview here with the money. The lines are out. We got overs, unders, totals, all that kind of stuff to go over with Matt. Five Big Ten games to break down. We'll take a little bit of time on each of them here with Matt Sheehan here in just a second. But first, Matt, you know about Sweat Block over at Locked On Spartans. You guys are talking about it too. It's just a place that you can go to for really not having to worry if you're going through your day. It's real simple. Sweat Block wipes, put them in a purse, wallet, whatever it is. Whether you got something that you're nervous for during the day or 
really are just going through a regular day and you never know when for some reason you have a sweatier day than normal sweat block yeah. can help you out there so you just don't have to worry about it. that's what it is for me like it's one thing if you're a sweaty guy or not sweaty guy it's just whenever it does happen it's something that you're thinking about something you're worrying about sweat block can just be like oh one thing in the wallet in the purse you're done <laughs> bada boom bada bing right there Coach, the code is locked on at sweatblock.com you can get 20 percent off your order they're available at amazon too all right, Matt, let's get into lines here. They're all on bet online, which is also helping us get you the show here today. Five big 10 games to go over. Let's start with the big rivalry matchup, Michigan against sure. Michigan state. I don't need to explain how Michigan state has been able to win games lately in this rivalry. That's your job, but the spread, as we mentioned, minus 23 for Michigan or oh, totals at 55. And I got my eye on that total, Nate. I'm going back to my old ways of being Maddie totals over here. Uh, look, I, this spread is accurate. It looks like, you know, on paper, a game that could be a 23-point game. No doubt about that. But, man, the, the recent history of this rivalry is all over the board. Michigan State, 8-2 and two against the spread in the last 10 years. But also, with that said, I could see Michigan State winning this game by five as easily as I could see Michigan winning this game by 55. Like, that, I, I don't have a pulse on the score whatsoever. Other than the fact, I think it will be high scoring. I think, look, Michigan's going to try to hang up 80 points on Michigan State. And Michigan State, look, they're going to have to score in chunk plays, get it going through the air. So could I see a game where it's like 28 to 41 at the end? Sure. And that's a, that's an easy cover with the over. So I see more over possibilities than I do see under possibilities. So that's why I'm going Maddie totals over 55 points. I'm going to actually go with you there. Uh, I, I was hey, at the beginning at of the week. At the beginning of the week, I was on Michigan State plus the points from yeah. – Sunday until now, I've kind of remembered just how badly Michigan State's been at stopping anything. So I'm thinking again that even if that game, like you said, does end up close at the end, which it could, I I still think there's a really good chance Michigan just comes out with the anger, with the motivation, and just blows the door off for all four quarters. But if you're looking at something else to go with it for, or say you're a Michigan State fan. I think that over is a good bet. I think the over is a good bet because there's yeah. going to be a lot of points here. There's not going to be any reason for Jim Harbaugh to slow down, at least no. if things do get out of hand here early on. This is one where he'll run up that score. Yep. Other big game from the weekend is Ohio State on the road at Penn State, minus 14 and a half for the Buckeyes. Over under on that one is at 60 and a half. Oh, man, this is a one-unit play. I'm not confident in any of the lines. Like, look, obviously Ohio State is an incredible team. Like, they just – oh, my God, I think they just scored again against Iowa's defense. Like, that was a clinical performance. And it could have been even worse if not for some red zone stops from the Hawkeyes' defense. Like, they were, they were lucky to only have 50-something hunt up on them. Uh, but, man, oh, man, with that said, am I really going to go with under 60-and-a-half here for, for Buckeyes, Nittany Lions, uh, especially in Happy Valley? I think I am because – Oh, man, I, something about the Penn State defense. I know they got gashed, gashed against Michigan, but something just like, I don't know, I still love that secondary and against Ohio State's weapons. I think it's a little bit of a better matchup. Ohio State wins handedly, I think, but 14.5 points handedly, I'm not sure. Give me under 16.5, though, with uh, not the highest confidence, as you can hear in my voice. So there you have it. I'll take minus 14.5. I think 
Ohio State's that good, first of all. We've known that. But I also think the hype's a yeah. little bit high on Penn State at the moment. Uh, okay. Big win over Minnesota kind of overshadows the big loss to yeah. Michigan. I still think that that Penn State team is much – like even if Penn State is what it was in both of those games, I think it's much closer to being on the Minnesota level on the low side than it is to getting up to where Michigan is on the other side of the spectrum. So mm -hmm. I guess I'm saying that with Ohio State being even better than Michigan is in my eyes still – I think this ends up being another one that ends up not being all that close. Yes, Penn State put a beating gotcha. on Minnesota. Minnesota does not look like the team that it was when that game happened against what yeah. was at the time a pair of, uh, well, not a pair of ranked teams, but one ranked team and one team just fresh out the top 25. Yeah, they're missing Tanner Morgan over there. And also, we, we need James Franklin to just not go full James Franklin this game. Like, I, coach a good game over there. Like, I, I watched the first <laughs> half of the Penn State-Michigan game, and my God, just every first down just putting the game in Sean Clifford's hands immediately. Like no wonder your defense played 65 snaps in the first half. Like you, you were behind the sticks every single drive. I, I digress. I, I'm, I'm ranting now. This isn't healthy for anyone, but yeah, like James Franklin, come on, man, just coaching a big game for once. I digress. <laughs> I digress. The Kings of the big 10 West, the Illinois fighting Illini are on the road against Nebraska minus seven and yeah. a half over unders at 50. Mickey Joseph's been doing some pesky stuff over there, though, since he's taken over. Yes. Yes, he has. I'm glad you brought that up because that is why <laughs> I'm taking Nebraska plus seven and a half. Half of that because, hey, look, they got a spice factor to them. And also, I can't lose every bet that I place on Nebraska, right? I think I'm like one for my last 28 bets on Nebraska. Water's got to find its level eventually, <laughs> right? That's how gambling works, I believe. Everyone walks out 50-50 uh, in the end, I believe, is how the old adage goes. Uh yeah, give, give me the Huskers at home, seven and a half. Like, look, you get a full touchdown there. And I, I believe in Mickey Joseph. Yeah, I believe in Mickey Joseph. Yeah, I just want to say, yeah, so see how confident that sounded. I believe in Mickey Joseph. Yeah. These are two offenses yeah. that I don't think are two of the best in the Big Ten. Chase Brown's really good. And I don't think either yeah. of these offenses yeah. are what you would call special and able to put up a ton of points. And when you have two yeah. of those teams that aren't that way in the Big Ten, the total usually comes out to somewhere around like 40, maybe 45. Mm -hmm. This right now is at 50. I'm going to go under on it. I think that if this game ends up being something that Nebraska can win, it's a scrappy one that ends up being sure. just low scoring out there in Lincoln. I'm going under 50 points, not even necessarily because I think that either team's going to be held that terribly defensively to nothing. But the way it stands right now, and neither of these teams, I don't think have the offense for me to say, okay, let's hit that over at 50 when you've got uh, in Northwestern Iowa, which we'll get to at 37 and a half right now. I, uh, <laughs> you got, you got to take that under, right? Like you, just, just, for, just to say you did take under 37 and a half, right? I mean, it's, it's not every Saturday you can wake up and find a line that low, but man, you know what? Let's just ride in, ride into it with us. Come on. Like, oh man. But I was, I was a number. Such a low plus number. 11, I believe it is. I that may be wrong. Oh, plus boy. 11 in that oh, game. Iowa. Oh, what happened to Iowa? Oh God. Yeah. No, minus my, I was minus 11, minus 11. Minus 11. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say game. that's, a, that's my mistake. I know, but still like, Iowa, what happened to you to just be playing in a game where the total is 37 and a half, man. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh man, this, if, if, if this is the game you choose to watch at three 30, look, you're either a wildcat fan or a Hawkeye fan, or you're just like a, a sick person that, that needs any, any sort of help possible. But that said, 
I might just tune in because this is this is a special slot game of the week right here. Minus uh, or thirty-seven and a half is your total. Like, oh, what a primer for Michigan, Michigan State at night. Just a ugh, disgusting appetizer. Let's see. Let's do it, baby. Under thirty-seven and a half. I'm going to take the plus 11, whoever it is that has it right now, just sure. for that reason <laughs> like that, that it's yeah. um, just for that reason that this game is going to be ugly. It's going to be low scoring. And I've yeah. just gotten to a habit of taking unders whenever I have a place. It's uh, sure. I think, that's, I think uh, working. financial, <laughs> that's a financial boon right there. That's the best <laughs> investment on the stock market right now. Iowa unders. All right. Maybe the ugliest game, as far as just the numbers on the spreads and lines goes, Minnesota is minus 14 over under is 40 and a half at home against Rutgers? Look, just what we saw with yeah. Minnesota last week against Penn State. I mean, like, I, I, I get it. Like, Penn State's defense, pretty good overall, you know, minus that one game against Michigan. I'm not touching so this. Is Rutgers, this though. is the game. I'm. This is my skip if I get a skip. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to poke it. I, I'm, I'm going to poke it. I'm going to poke the under. Like, I, I, I can't, you know, tell anyone with good faith in my voice to, you know, take either side of this line. But um, I would take under 40 and a half just because, uh, look, both offenses, yikes. Uh, And both defenses, uh, kind of respectful, kind of respectful. Rutgers a little more than Minnesota, but you know what I'm saying. You know what? No, 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 no. Under 40 and a half, and we are also taking Rutgers plus 14. Why not? Let's get nuts. If if we're going to, you know, eat up the slop, let's just get as grimy as possible. We'll parlay for you right there. Yeah, I'll take plus 14 too. Why if, I, I don't even know if what the situation is with Minnesota. I haven't looked to see if Tanner Morgan's back or not or what, but the point is that team has not been able to string together good games or at least healthy games over the last Negative. month, I should right. say, because Gopher yeah. fans will tell you like Mo Ibrahim was out for one of those games. Uh, Tanner Morgan wasn't playing for those games. It, it's a situation where Minnesota fans still think they got a lot going there, but yeah. If you're asking me, I, I think there's some things that need fixing too. And I don't think right now it's yeah. a team that's in a spot to beat anyone by two touchdowns in the Big Ten. Unless they're Michigan State. <laughs> <sighs> no, I'm trying to be happy. No, I'm, I'm trying to be in a good mood. All right. No, yeah, there we go. That, that was a long time ago. That was weeks ago. We're a different team now. That'll be the nightcap on the Big Ten schedule, Michigan against Michigan State. It's not maybe nationally the most relevant game with Penn State playing Ohio State in the conference, but if you're a Big Ten fan, it could easily be the game that you care about the most with the implications going on there between Sparty and the Wolverines. Matt Sheehan, of course, will have everything you need to know about it leading up to and after on Locked on Spartans every single weekday, just like we do it here on the Big Ten Show. Thanks as always, Matt, for taking the time. You're the man, Nate. Have yourself a great weekend. You too. Thanks again to Matt Sheehan for joining the show as always. Thank you also for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Make sure to make your second listen Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's wrap up the show with other news from around the Big Ten that you may have missed from yesterday. Big news in volleyball as we had a Big, big matchup last night. Told you about it on yesterday's show. Number one, Nebraska visiting number five. No, number four, Wisconsin. Check that. It was a 3-0 sweep for the hometown Badgers. They made beating the top team in the country look 
just about as easy as you can make beating Nebraska look. Final set scores 25 to 30 or to 23, 23 and 18. Wisconsin closing the door on the number one team in the country. We'll see how that ends up shaking up the rankings next week. There was one other top 10 matchup in Big Ten sports. Number two, Maryland field hockey hosted number five, Virginia, a non-conference matchup. And the Terrapins defend home field. Final score two to nothing in that matchup. No recruiting news to tell you about. No commits since, well, yesterday. Some other news from around the Big Ten. Uh, Kirk Ferentz has apologized to a reporter who asked him last weekend about Brian Ferentz and the idea that, or, or just why he still has a job, really, at this point. I don't know. I have to get into the Brian Ferentz situation. Uh, Kirk Ferentz called that uh, a point in media availability earlier this week. He said he was being interrogated with those questions. Later replied in an email to media members saying that he apologized and that the questioning was fair. Other news, we have controversy a bit with Donovan Edwards of Michigan. The running back out of the Wolverines retweeted a post earlier this week that had some anti-Semitic language in it. Of course, people were outraged after that happened. He, since earlier today, came out and said that that retweet was, quote, a glitch in another tweet. Uh, it was also announced by UM Regent Jordan Acker that he and the whole UM team is going to be visiting the Zekelman Holocaust Center after the season. Not, not really, I don't know if I guess I would say in response to this, but as a result of what ended up happening this week. So obviously not sure what actually happened with the retweet itself, but that's the result of it. Finally, in other news, Pac-12 commissioner just keeps on saying things. George Klyavkov. He's been in the news before, been on this show before we've mentioned, and I was pretty harsh on him then. I'm going to be more harsh on him now. A couple of quotes coming out in his latest media availability this week regarding the USC and UCLA moves to the Big Ten. He said that in one quote that the Pac-12 will eventually catch the Big Ten in its media rights deal. Right now, the Big Ten has more than double the money that Pac-12 schools are getting. He says that one day the Big 12, the Big, the Pac-12 will catch that number, and that they're looking at expanding. As he spoke, uh, this is just foolish. He also said earlier in the week that the fans were not happy and not supportive of the USC and UCLA move to the Big Ten. That one's just a duh, obvious. Pac-12 fans don't want to see the Pac-12 go away. USC and UCLA is the life of that division or of that conference. So them being gone means the Pac-12 is a whole lot worse and we don't know what's going to happen. But that's not the point I'm trying to make. What I'm saying here is that this guy just has zero awareness of what his situation is right now in college sports. He's playing this like he's still trying to win the battle with the Big Ten. As if he can take down the Big Ten or the SEC or even get up to their level. Catch up the ground that he's lost. That is not the battle that the Pac-12 is currently fighting. He has already lost that game. And to think that you can still catch the Big Ten or have that as the goal right now is just uh, foolish. I've mentioned this when we've talked about Klyavkov before. This guy's job is to promote the Pac-12. His job is to say good things about the conference. But I think there's a little bit of a difference between being a mascot and just saying stuff that's going to end up hurting you in the end. Because if you're a team that's thinking about joining the Pac-12 right now, 
you're not one of the teams that's considering joining the Big Ten. Because obviously the Big Ten's the number one option, right? The battle that the Pac-12 needs to win is with the Big 12, with the ACC, with the other conferences that are left out to dry now that the Big Ten and SEC decided they're going to be the top two. You cannot make that a top three. The only thing the Pac-12 can try and do right now is to try and make sure that they are third place, at least for the foreseeable future. Because maybe someday the Pac-12 does catch up to the Big Ten and media rights and the prestige comes back to where they can get to that point. But it is not by just saying, hey, we're going to come right at the Big Ten right now. No, 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 no. This is a rebuilding process. And the idea that they think that they can just play bully ball, at least in front of the press, and say that they're being aggressive and say all the right things that would make you think that this conference is just fine. I just feel like there needs to be a little bit better of an understanding that while, yes, we're trying to in the long term still compete with all these big time conferences, how about we understand that we're a couple of steps behind here right now? And that trying to beat the Big Ten, when you look at what the Big Ten has and you look at what we have, that's not our game at the moment. Beat the other conferences that still don't know what they're going to be doing in five years and then maybe move on to the Big Ten and the SEC. That's all for here on Locked On Big Ten today. I'm Nate Dickinson. We'll be back, of course, tomorrow with everything else you need to know on what's going on in the Big Ten this week. We'll wrap things up with previewing all of the Big Ten's weekend games even further than we did here today and, of course, cover anything else that happens in the conference. Until then, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten.